Hi everyone and welcome, welcome, welcome back to Youth Vibes. I'm Daniel Sule. Today we wrap up our Shaking Table series. We've had a number of questions raised from our guests on the series and from others in person. And we'll get to as many of those questions as we can this week on the show. We've spoken to four people who have all spoken passionately about their experiences with other congregations and the need for an evolution among Orthodox churches. This week, the conversation shifts. As explained in the first episode of this series, we'll be talking to some other church members who have experience with youth ministry and church leadership. Professor Amaka Ocheke is the coordinator of the youth ministry here at Ekoplatu Church, in addition to her many other responsibilities. Welcome back to the Youth Lives. Thank you, Daniel. Mr. Ben Osawi, for the first time on Youth Vibes, is the advocacy manager at Tier 1 Nigeria, a Christian charity that tackles poverty through sustainable development, responding to disasters, and responding to injustice. He's also a previous member of the Elders Board of Ekopati Church. Welcome to Youth Vibes, sir. Thank you very much. And let's get into the show. I'm going to dive head first here by asking, is it a bad thing, Auntie Amaka? that young people are going to newer churches? I personally don't think it's a bad thing that people go to different churches. Hmm. I don't think that um, for us here in Equa Plateau Church that the, the goal is that everybody who is born or who passes through Equa Plateau Church must stay here. Hmm. We've talked about having ambassadorial mandate. So hmm. what I understand hmm. is we're supposed to train people and then let people go out. Mm. But the challenge I would have is if people are going to different places for the wrong reasons, that's where I have a problem. And then when they go and um, I see the fruits that comes from them after they have left Mm. and it's not looking like Jesus, Mm. then I'm worried. But that people shouldn't leave EPC, no. I don't think so. People people will leave whatever you do. Mm. And I don't think you should be worried that people are leaving. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you on those wrong reasons you mentioned. But yeah. Uncle Ben, what, what do you think it's a problem that younger people are flocking to newer churches? Uh, okay. Thank you very much. One of the, you know, we are at a point in the history of the church when you have there's this um, thing around what I would call the apostles of the end time church. Okay. Okay. And if you look around, you see, see most people begin to call themselves apostles. Mm. Yeah. And somehow, many of those people who say that, mm. they, they have a word, they way with language. Right. They with right. Language. Mm. And they have a way of uh, mystifying what they say. Mm. And you discover that many of them Many of the things that if you sit down and look at it well, with the Bible, it does not, it's not consistent with the Bible. Hmm. But you see, because young people are attracted by that, by the, this hype of the word, hmm. and they, they use some words, terms, they tell you that, that these guys are deep. They are deep. <laughs> but when you look down, you don't see any depth. Uh, and so there's an attraction for young people. Language, you see, communication is a very strong thing. Right. And young people, human beings generally, apart from young people, they get carried away by language right and so the way those guys most of the people you see frame those their their, their reflections mm. is an attraction which right. a traditional church in the sense of an equa church most of the pastors don't speak like that mm. we don't look at scripture like that in mm. certain ways 
and so you have um, this 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 attraction. Mm. That's one. Right. There are several, several, several of them. Now, apart from that, you have young people. Are the, they are the face of that. We, we have been young people before. Then look at Amaka myself as if we are <laughs> some people like came in from the time of Betusela. <laughs> no, we are young people before. We, I asked I ask myself, what what is the attraction? What's what's attracted me as a young person? Huh? I was not born again early as a young person. You understand? I got born again when I was thirty. So I started like my ministry like Jesus. Okay. Thirty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and becoming born again and coming relocating to Jaws from Elorin coming there. Now I got born again in the in a in a in a Pentecostal church, very vibrant Pentecostal church that many of all the students in Boston of Elorin, that's where they go. Me I was then I was working with the NTA, Elorin. Mm-hmm. Now and that guy has the word you know and music and all the in the environment they create that is so attractive. So that was the church in Lauren that in Rema Chapel then. So I got born again there. Because I came here. And so I was attracted to that was my own idea of forms of church. That was what I understood. Hmm. But coming coming to Joss and I came into this, I was I followed my in-laws here to this church, the Sox Sunday. I said, I said, God forbid, I won't come back here. <laughs> I, was, I won't come and decay here in this kind of what kind of oh, dead wow. church is this? Yes, there we were worshiping there. Hmm. But so I left. I left searching for churches in Joss to worship. And I think God wanted to just bring me back. He took me to a church, a Shadar church. Then it was happening. Mm-hmm. The Shadar church. Then they were in a Liberty Dam, that number, near the UTC. Mm-hmm. And it was a happening church in Joss. I went there, the music was there. I said, this is the church. Mm-hmm. This is it. And then the guy, when it came to the world, that day, I don't know what, he had challenges with this. Some people that were, were accusing him of um, raising money illegally in church. So he spent the entire 45 minutes, one hour, Abusing the people who were raising those concerns. So I said, Kai. So I came back to this church. I came back to the church. <laughs> you know, so, so the, the thing is that, um, you, you are naturally attractive. That's this hype, music, mm. word that looks, you know, the color, the glitterati, mm. which is not foundational and biblically rootedness. We you know when we talk about rootedness in Bible. So that, that's, that, that's kind of thing. Okay. <laughs> Can I yes, add, yes. add to that? Um, also, um, if you make, um, if you observe, church, churches now, church is being packaged like other goods. Mm. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of advertising now that mm. goes into packaging churches. Mm. And so people know, um, you know, you've done, looked at the demographic of young people, you know the kind of things that attracts young people, and they package it in such a way that it will attract young people. And what are the things that attract young people, as Uncle had said, the glitterati, the music, the ambience, mm-hmm. the lights, those mm-hmm. are the things that attract young people. And I've heard pastors say that, look, mm-hmm. um, you need X, Y, Z to make sure that your church grows, that's it. Mm-hmm. You just need a ambience, good mm-hmm. music, mm-hmm. and a good word in quotes, and mm. young people will flock to the, to the place. Mm. The problem now is after a while, mm. they begin to see through the things that are going on. Mm. They are no more impressed, and then you begin to hear maybe sometimes stories of um, lifestyles that are not consistent with scripture. Mm. Then they run away mm. and go somewhere else. So it's, it's most times, it's packaging. Mm-hmm. Many times there's nothing there. It's that packaging that um, young people are looking for. And as Uncle also said, we were once young, mm-hmm. and I know that 
at that time, people will also say, dead church, dead church, our church is dead. <laughs> you know, people are leaving. Well, I didn't grow up um, in a family where my parents were born again and all that. I grew up in a very orthodox environment. Um, I got born again as a teenager and um, started after a while. I, 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 my Christian growth started in a fellowship, but after a while, I decided I needed a church and I went church hunting. And... Um, it took me a while, but I finally settled for a somewhat orthodox church, that an Anglican church, actually. Mm. And people were asking, why would you go to an Anglican church? It's dead, it's dead. But the word of God was there. Mm-hmm. Consistency in Christian living mm. was there. Mm. And I think I grew in that um, environment. But I know that even in our generation, people were still saying, dead church, dead church. And they all ran. Many people have run back. <laughs> Many of the older people now who had run away when they were younger, saying dead church. After a while, as you mature, you begin to see what really is the essence of Christianity. Mm. It's not the glitterity, it's not the noise, mm. but the consistency, the fruit of the Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, working with Jesus, pleasing Jesus and all that. Mm. And then after a while, you see that some of these things are not things that you should be pursuing after. But if it's young people, we always run after those exciting things. Let me, let me yes. just add, thank you. Yes. Okay. One of the things that I learned after I becoming born again, coming here, coming back, mm. going to look for outside, mm. and coming, running back to the church here, like the church. Within the first three years, and the growth I was, in terms of what I was hearing and growing, me here, I was made the president of the Full Gospel Business and Fellowship in, in, in that meets in um, Plateau Hotel. Then Full Gospel is a real ministry, not, not now, like now, the whole of just. Why? And what did they see? The members see? What did they see? They saw that most of the people were Pentecostals, you know, in quote. Most of the people were members of the Fugot Holy Plateau Hotel, that means there. But they saw that there is something this person carries. And that thing that I carried was not from that other church, Rema Chapel, where I got born in Genilori. Yeah, it was, it was from here that I began to grow. And so they, it was easy for them to pick, you know, we want this one to be the president of this chapter. Right. So you understand. So there's much more than just the light and the you know. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have I have a number of questions for Doctor Val. But before before I come back to you, Uncle Ben, can I ask Antiamaka why? And we we talked about this when we were discussing this episode last week. But why did you move from the south up north? Hmm. <laughs> Daniel, this was private gist. Now you brought it up. Okay. Um. While growing up, um, uh, as a Christian in the south, I, I grew up in Port Harcourt. Whenever people came to preach from outside our immediate environment, they would say things like, both in my church and in my school fellowship, they say things like, um, that here in the south we're joking. That we should come to the north and see people on fire for Jesus. Mm. You know, people are burning for Jesus. We're here playing. And I made up my mind mm. that I was going to go to the north. Me and a friend of mine. So when, once we finished from school, we graduated. I didn't even begin look for a house job in Port Harcourt. I moved here. My friend moved to Kaduna. I didn't even know. I only knew one person in Joss. Um, he used to be a neighbor, my father's friend and colleague. But I, I had to get his house address from somebody because we had lost touch. Mm. So I just landed in their house one evening <laughs> and like, I've moved to Joss, I've come to Joss. And that's how I, I, I came to Joss. So I was looking for that, 
they said northern christians are on fire hmm. so we came to look for that fire okay. so that's why i came here <laughs> okay yes <laughs> <laughs> just story. I know that it is. Oh, that's why I came to just... <laughs> okay interesting and i think i think it's important that We, we we bear that in mind that that's your that's your history as we move forward in this episode now Ogben, i i am fascinated by the fact that you you came to ekapatu church back mm. in the day you left went to el shaddai mm. and then came back we have i am sure a number of young people that are going through that same experience they're they're coming here mm. and probably they are using the same expression you did god forbid i will not command spiritually decay in this congregation <laughs> and they are going to, to the other places that are quote unquote on fire if not for the accusations of financial impropriety you would not have left that congregation mm. is that is that is that a fair assumption to make uh, no it okay have you finished your question yes yes it was not uh well I don't want to say financial property that was the way of this uh you see the man of god mm-hmm. that I saw it was some kind of a battle with with members oh, who, who we felt were accusing him mm-hmm. of oh, raising money okay. illegally okay. in okay. church and all that mm-hmm. so I looked at it that this cannot be just she mentioned something very fundamental when we game and we looked at the fruit the the the, the Christ likeness mm-hmm. she said that you know And as I said, no, I don't see Jesus here in this, in this man. That uh, you know, the whole town is and all that. So that said, no, he can't be here. Then I left because of that. Okay. I, could, I couldn't see, you know, okay. Jesus. Yes. Okay. So um, maybe I'll add my own story to yours. When I when I decided to start looking for a church because mm. my I, I grew up I grew up Catholic. So even when I got born again, I was still going, but I saw that I wasn't growing, and the environment was kind of um, drug dragging me back. Let me put it like that. The friends I had there and all that. So I I knew that it was time to leave. I don't know where I got the boldness, but I said at 19, I said I wasn't going there anymore. Oh, wow. oh yeah, and I told my parents like that one is another story for another day. But <laughs> I now decided to go church hunting, and I had a family that I I, I knew. So they too were looking for churches. So I was following them to different <laughs> churches. And some of the experience I had with some of the churches, there's one we went for, it was Pastor's Appreciation Sunday. That's the, that church, the Pentecostal church, the pastor was female. And they raised money. You could see that, that church, I think there were just six cars. So you could see that it's not a church where people really had money. Mm. And so they gave the, the best, but she was very upset that the offering was too small and as you said the language mm-hmm. the way she lashed out at them mm-hmm. that she just today she'll just forgive it and collect this money but if they try it next time she'll pack all that money and throw in the offering box that she will never collect that kind of offering mm-hmm. i said hm, my two legs will never enter this church mm-hmm. in my life then i went to another church um it's it was a big pentecostal church in portacourt then And they were calling pastor and past mommy pastor mommy and daddy. I had never experienced that before. And I knew when I was in secondary school when we got born again, some of the things the other girls um, in school were talk, telling to telling us who were um, Catholics that one of the wrong things we were doing was that the Bible says call no man father and we call our reverend father father. 
So I'm like, you, you, this is in scripture. Why are you calling people mommy and daddy? Mm. I, I said this one, I'm not coming here. I don't want mommy. I don't want daddy. <laughs> you know, and so I, a few places, and I saw things that didn't align with scripture for me. Mm-hmm. Until I found this Anglican church that they started on a born again platform and all that. And I think that was... Mm. They weren't too noisy, they weren't too fashionable, but the word was being preached and they were into missions, evangelism, mm. and that's where I stayed till I left Port Harcourt. Mm. Mm. So I just wanted to raise that to say, these are these things that young people are looking for. We also looked, but you need to just look beyond the shiny, shiny mm. things that um, people see. Okay, I'm glad you ended there, see, because that's exactly what I wanted to ask you from what you had mm. talked about initially. Um, mm. You said we were... In effect, you said we were working on not looking for the numbers. You said we were working on the quality of the believers we're looking at, where we're raising in the church. So you said, sure, um, you're, um, you're, 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 you're building a new church. You need these things to attract members. But then after a while, the lives of the members are not on par with scripture. We have, to a reasonable degree, I can say, in Orthodox churches, raised sound believers across most of our, our, our most levels. On most levels with Orthodox churches, we have raised sound believers. So we have done the quality approach well, to a reasonable degree. But is quality over quantity working for us in that do, do, do you see continuity in the churches that we have today? Um, yeah, I see continuity um, in some ways. But one of the things, uh, well, this is for young people, but one of the things I would like the church generally, church as it yeah. is in, in, in entirety, mm. to mm. look at and to always remember um, in especially as regards to this continuity you're talking about, is that people must understand what church is about and why church. You don't, you shouldn't, we shouldn't start church because we want to collect offerings, because we don't have a mm. job to do, we don't have, that's not what church should be. Mm. Church, when, when people gather together, when the people of God gather together, one, it should be to honor God, to worship God. That's one. Two, to hear God speak to us and to encourage us. Yes, that's secondly. Thirdly, to encourage one another. Remember Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, 25. It says, let us uh, seek to spur one another unto love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting with one another as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another more so as we see the day approaching. So Christian fellowship, should also include being able to sharpen one another and spur us on to doing the work of the Lord. So when we are in a congregation, these are some of the questions we should ask ourselves. This place where we are, are we worshipping God? Is God speaking to us? Are we building up one another as we meet together? That is a question even the established churches or the orthodox churches should also be asking. Because sometimes you are so used to the system of what you are doing that you forget the reason for being, Mm. why you exist. Mm. You now get entangled in culture, traditions, and you forget the purpose for which you are here. 
So suddenly, it's now a tradition. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. And you've lost the essence for why you are a gathering of the people of God. So whether for Orthodox churches, whether for new generation churches, these are the questions we must ask ourselves. Are we worshipping God? Is God dealing with us? Is he talking to us? Is he teaching us? Are we hearing from him? And are we encouraging one another in the pursuit of righteousness and doing what God has called us to do? And if we are not meeting up on any of these fronts, then we need to rejig. You need to go back to the drawing board and assess your reason for being. And if your reason for being is wrong, then your, your, your environment, your, your congregation is not going to be sustainable. It's going to fizzle out with time. And if we look at Europe, sad stories, but that's what has happened. There are beautiful, big, huge edifices mm. called cathedrals. Mm. The churches are empty. Mm. They are not using them even for mosques. Mm-hmm. Churches are being used for mosques, mm-hmm. entertainment centers, museums. When I was in Amsterdam, I was shocked mm. at the number of churches that were now museums. Mm. Young people are no more going to church. And what, what went wrong is that people forgot the essence for which the church should exist. Mm. And that is the problem that I'm seeing with the Nigerian church. We are forgetting the essence for which we exist, and people are more interested in glitterati, music, light, the light should shine. After the light has shone, and the music is so sweet to you, is it sweet to God? Is God speaking to you? Are we building up ourselves, building up our young people to face and to do the work that God has called us to do? Remember, it also says um, in Matthew Matthew 20, 28, it says um, um make disciples of all nations, baptizing, and then teaching them to obey all that I've asked you to do. Are we teaching ourselves to Mm -hmm. obey all that God has asked us to do? If we're not doing all these things, then we're going to become extinct. Mm -hmm. We're we're useless. So those are the questions we need to keep asking ourselves. Sorry, I've (laughs) taken so long to say this, but it needs to be said. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Okay, anything to add on this? Yeah, yeah. She mentioned that the this passage about the Matthew chapter, the discipleship of mm. nations. Right. You see, historically, the mission endeavors and the folk force of missions, the young people, historically. Yeah. Now, and those, those that in the era where they gave them that vision of something that is higher, mm. of, of affecting cultures, using biblical culture to affect other cultures. And, People become born again and people know the Lord and the systems change. That was a great goal for young people at those eras. And that's why you have all the people. They were, they were just they just desires of moving from where they were. I think that the rather than just mentioned, rather than the emphasis on the light and all the other things, mm. that we young people should come to a place where we we should give them leadership of churches, should give them this kind of, a kind of approach, what we call the incarnational missions, transformational missions, to engage the culture with this, the biblical culture. And to say, they will come to, they will, that's why, you see, our nation is not working. Because, yes, we are quality men and women. That's no doubt about that. In different spheres. Now, but what has happened is that we seem also to be enjoying the quality inside that space. Without deliberately, our faith is an active faith. And that call of the, she met, she, that, that Dr. Marker mentioned about Matthew 28. There's need to carry your culture to go and affect that culture. Mm. This, this place where you are. Yeah. No, so, so that's the way it is. So 
I believe that by the time young, we, that kind of high vision is given to young people, you begin to see a different church, imagine, actually, and enabling them to see it, you know, so it's not light, it's not sound. It is about <laughs> Jesus being made known in nations and enabling the nations to bow to him. Okay. Thank you, sir. Um, now, we asked this question to three people that had come on the show before now. Um, we've published Anvo and... Sorry, the four people said three people. <laughs> we published Anvo, Promise, and Israel's um, answers to the question. But I wanted to leave sales here for for us for us all to listen to at this point. The question is, are young people interested in the things of God? This is sales response. I want to hear um, your own responses to this question. Hmm. Tough question. Yeah. Tough, tough question. I, I I feel like we should give out questions yeah, so that people will feel, so that we get the statistics. <laughs> So I'm, I'm just going to give this, uh, it's not a concrete answer. Okay. Yeah, it's not, it's not concrete. It's just going to be based on my own bias of what I've seen around. Because um, I don't think I can give a very objective answer. I don't know all the young people. I've not conversed with them to know what exactly is going on with them. <laughs> but um, I, I, I've been to a few other churches, right, aside EPC, and I've seen how young people pour themselves out to the things of God there. I would have ordinarily said, mm, I feel like young people really are not interested in the Lord anymore. I would have ordinarily said that because that's like what we see. A lot of young people are not. But then... From my experiences of seeing, like, like being in other churches and being in other places, I've seen young people pour themselves out there, like, in a way that I've not seen in EPC. So now, it now gets me thinking, is it truly that they are not interested in the things of God or just the place that they are at? Mm. So, um, I cannot, I can't particularly say that, oh, young people are not interested. I think they are. I think they are. I just feel like they, there's a particular, maybe they have a particular place that they want to be in to function and give out their best. The reasons for that, I don't know. I really cannot say. But I won't outrightly say that young people are not interested in the things of God. No. Because I have seen them what I doing the most. Yeah. So I mean you go to some churches and it's basically the young people that are driving it like blood, sweat and all. They will give their all for it. They will give their all for it. So Maybe there's a sect of um, those that are just like, you know what, this God thing, <sighs> we don't have the strength for it. Now, there's that sect, we can't rule that out. And plus, the rise in online church 
and all of that so people just feel like eh, when i can be on my system and just do church what's the point of having to do all of that community life of church and all of that i'd rather just stay listen to the word of god on my own and be happy and you know we've learned what we are supposed to go and learn in church so let nobody <laughs> disturb my peace so there's that sect we have that sect but then we also have the sect that um they just want to find somewhere that maybe they believe they are they are pouring out will be more um Will I say I don't want to use the word appreciated because it's it's two way thing, right? So maybe just they believe this where they want to be at. Yeah, so it's I won't say young people are totally not interested. Okay. So that's her perspective. She prefaced it by saying it wasn't necessarily an object an object an objective point of view it was subjective to her own experiences so i want to ask in your own experience um uncle ben let me start with you are you no, begin for the you know what? <laughs> there's a reason for it okay. she has a ministry i understand right. and i've seen it work happen mm. you know, okay okay of right. talking to young people across mm. saying you know, so true so i think true you know, so in this church um over at work in all the places that you interact with young people um Antioca, in your experience, are young people interested in the things of God? Some young people are interested in the things of God. Okay. Some young people are interested in the things of God. And you know, when a young person buys into that um, purpose of God, understanding purpose, they run with it. Young people have energy. You mm-hmm. know, when, 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 um, I think in First John, it says, I write to you, old men. Yeah. I write to you, young people, because yes, you are strong. Mm. So young people have energy. They have, they have what it takes to drive, mm. you know, a vision. Mm-hmm. But the thing is for them to get that vision. And when they get it, mm. they run with it. So there are young people who are really into the things of God. They love God. They want to please God. And even in this local congregation, mm. I see them, you know. But also, there are also young people who are still asking questions they are not sure of their purpose in life there are so many questions they want to have answered for them to be able to decide what they want done Mm. unfortunately i would say most times the church isn't answering some of those questions Mm. because um there are some difficult conversations we don't want to have there are some conversations that uncomfortable people don't feel they should be had in church but young people are asking these questions and with the um, explosion of the internet and all that people are talking about everything Mm. outside there's nothing there's no topic that is now sacrosanct and so church has to decide to begin to talk about these things and where the young people can get answers so we can't bury our head in the sand and pretend they don't exist so there are young people who need questions answered and questions from identity who am i why am i here what am i supposed to do here questions of sexuality oh you see people says uh people are saying we shouldn't be homosexuals but i'm having these feelings what do i do what do I do about them? Where do I go? And these are questions nobody is talking about, at least in EPC. Nobody has talked about. We, we've been told that homosexuality is bad. But in the real essence of it, there are some people they know is wrong, but they're having these feelings. What do they do? Where do they go? Where can they express 
the challenges they are having without being condemned, without being called names, and without being um, um, talked about. So we are not. We need to create a safe space. That's just what I'm saying. Mm. They need a safe space where they can express, where they can vent, and be taught and helped to get to the place where they are going. And of course, there are a group of people who are totally not interested. You know, um, I read a young somebody who grew up in this church. Well, many of you. That's what I do with your phone numbers. I look at your WhatsApp post. Please don't block me. <laughs> don't block me, but it helps me sometimes to know where you are at. And I see, well, he doesn't come to church many times. He, once in a while, I may see him, but he's not apparently not a church boy now. So I saw something he posted one time that all the things that are fun and interesting, Christianity says they shouldn't do it. And I'm like, you lack understanding. Mm-hmm. You lack understanding. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know where else... Mm-hmm. The funnest place to be, let me use, if I can use that long, to be done in church. Like I tell my children, I said, if you know anybody that is more interesting than me or has more fun than me, please point out the person because I think I'm the funnest person that you know. My children laugh, but I'm serious about it. I don't think there's anybody who is enjoying their life more than me. Mm-hmm. If you see that person, please let me know. Mm-hmm. So Christ, being a Christian and a child of God can be fun. So there are, are, are young people who love God, who want to do the things of God. There are also those who are in the space of, they are not, they don't understand, they are not sure where they should be. They are asking questions and they need their questions answered. And I know there's a group who are totally, they're not interested. And those are the ones who tell you they are, they are planning to, as my children say, some of the musicians, they are planning to go to hell. My son showed me one yesterday. Somebody is planning to uh, dethrone Satan, that he will go to hell and dethrone Satan from there and take over oh, hell. Okay. Oh, yeah. So they lack understanding and they think that what they are doing is fun. Mm. You know, so I think basically mm. that's what we have with mm. young people. Mm. Yes, that's true. Um, Uncle Ben, I want to ask you a separate question if, mm. if yeah. you don't have anything. No, no, if she has answered the <laughs> I don't know why I said you should talk to her. <laughs> right, okay. So youth fellowship is fun. I know you've been invited a few times to come and speak to young people. We enjoy our time in youth fellowship. It is curated those experiences are curated specifically for young people but to a point that has been raised many times in this church they're just not coming let me let me be clear the young people are coming for fellowship in this church where we're seeing an increase in numbers over the past few years um good job to our, our leadership in the youth ministry we're doing it we're doing a good job but not all the young people in this church are coming there. Some young people that I have seen in this church that I have just simply never seen at Youth Fellowship. Now, if we cannot reach those people from the point from the place of Youth Fellowship, then how does the church leadership talk to those people from the pulpit? Because most of our messages, most of our activities in the church are largely geared at people that have that 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 are mature in the faith and that have a certain understanding of how scripture works whereas we're dealing with young people that unfortunately do not have even the foundational knowledge of scripture so how how do you square that circle of dealing with a church that is diverse across age ranges, across spiritual maturity levels with various needs 
and reaching out to the young people that are meant to be the future of that church coming back to the continuity question we raised earlier Mm. it it looks very very complicated question Mm. but I think I'll I will, I will just, um, you, you, I mean, there, there are some people who come for youth fellowship every Saturday. Right. You, you, those ones can be clustered. Hmm. <laughs> That's the truth about it. Now, there are several others who do not come. Hmm. Now, I'm just thinking now, just reflecting and looking at. Now, those, those who come every Saturday, I make an assumption, hopefully that I'm right, that they have reached, attained some level of spirituality. That those who, because they have to that they had, they have had, and some, the level of maturity they've attained because they've had certain things right. by virtue of coming constantly to fellowship right. that this one does not have. So I, I want to, I think the, there's, um, and most of these young people are, are in zones. The ones that don't, that don't come and those that come, you know. So using, just some, an approach of having what I call a free expression church. People who are not there, in the way for education, where two or three are gathered together, it's a church. Where the, mm. the Lord is there, mm. and we'll have, so that, con- that concept of church, not in the set, this kind of setting we have. Now, if they don't come here, we youth fellowship, who are grounded, we take it to them there. Yeah in the zones where they are organizing not necessarily the hardcore programs that yeah. we have yeah. on Saturday that you know you just come can invite somebody to speak and all that you make it the way you do your organize your picnics yeah. and within that kind of space you begin to create a situation in which there will be conversations around the kind of things it is tailored the kind of things that you are trying to shift this person to do and creating that space for him to begin to see acceptance you know, begin to see that I uh, are not being condemned for not joining this group yeah. and being a power, can be a part of this. And I can see love and all that. Love is a very strong thing. So I'll bet you that if you do that across the zones, yeah, you get your teams to give that space, that time, that, you know, you divide yourself like that. People are trained to do it. Let's have a free expression church. By that I mean, in court, I mean, those kind of spaces where we take the thing, this message, to those people who have identified across our zones, who are young people. That I think they're going, they're going to be a shift in their approach towards, oh, okay, this, this thing is not the way we are looking at it. Yeah. The hardcore thing that we just come on Sunday or Saturday and all that. And they'll be part of the fold with, with giving some time. Okay. Well, Uncle, so you, 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 you've thrown it back to, youth leadership now to, to implement this thing. <laughs> yes. But I want to go back to the original question yes. on how does the church leadership yes. reach a diverse audience? The church leadership? Yes. Well, I mean... From the pulpit every Sunday because they are the, here in church every Sunday. Yes. And we have all these people that are various levels of spiritual maturity but it seems like in most churches these days we target a certain level of seekers we target a certain level of of, of of Christian believers. We're not we, we don't come to church these days and hear again the message of salvation because it is believed that everybody has passed that level. And quite rightly so, we say that okay, if we're teaching the message of salvation, it should be done in baptism and in discipleship classes. But there are still people that are coming in 
that don't have that experience and that will not get that foundational experience unless they know about it. Scripture mm. says the same thing. How will they know unless someone tells it to them? Mm. So how does church leadership create programs, create an experience where we can try our best to reach, if not all, most people? You know, I, for me, for me, what, what I believe is this. You know, we, church leadership, these men are feeling men, seven of them, mm. ten of them. Mm. And there's a lot of expectations that we think, just as you're saying, ask this question now, ask it to, to them, mm. how can you reach, you know, various levels of us? You know, I, me, I believe, I want to turn it to ourselves, we who have an understanding, okay. how can you make a contribution to this leadership? You know, before, before, before I became an elder at, at all, mm. when I came as a young person, I mean, a young person. Okay. If they're going for, if they're going for, that's in 91, 92, if they're going for, um, this guy, I know how to treat, treat, If I see anything within the, within the church, that is, within that year, mm. I'll put it as, I'll put it okay. down and okay. send, submit it. Mm. I thought of the, the conversations. Mm. You understand? So I did it one, two, three, four times. With 50, I didn't do it. They, they came back from the, the, the retreat. They came and asked me. They called me. They bought them. Yeah, what happened? <laughs> because you see, apparently, we were, we were, we were trying to push so much on them. They have their families. They have other, a lot of things to come. Okay. They have, they're, they they're dealing with a lot of issues also. So they, they might not have all the ideas, which, and nobody has all the ideas, which is, that is reality. So I think we, we to shift that body from them, that's my own way of looking at it. To shift, as you go, you can ask, uh, you know, to shift the body from them and to ask ourselves, how can we do some of these ish things and reach, okay, we have found these challenges of this kind of problem. How can we support the board to deliver this kind of thing okay. and to reach the people that we believe are not being reached with the message from the pulpit? That, that's my own way of looking at it. I want to run away from shifting things to the, to the leadership. Okay. You know, sir, because I know that you, are served there. So I know the kind of, you really, basically, you not really have, there are a lot of, there are so many things that okay. will distract you and so many pressures and so many kind of things that, so, and a, a lot of expectations. Mm. You know, so, I, I, she, 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 I add to my, the perspective that she has in terms of answering mm. this question. That, that's my own way of looking at it. Mm. I don't look at leadership. Now you have given me this question now. Me, I begin to think from today now, I begin mm. to think, this thing has mm. asked, how do I, how do we work to deal with these issues and reach those we believe are not being reached? It's a challenge. Mm-hmm. That's where I look at it. I think that's a, that's also a helpful challenge mm-hmm. to us that not everything is just on the leadership yes. of our institutions. Thank you, sir. Uh, anything so um, just to add, as Uncle said, um, we all have a role to play in this. And um, maybe from the leadership point of view and for those who um, bring the word, maybe there should also be a deliberateness to, even if it's given five minutes to preach the gospel message. Because the fact that um, there's a certain group of people who are always here every Sunday doesn't mean that newcomers are not coming. There are people who visit who may not have heard the gospel ex- explained in a simple way they would understand. Or there have been people who've been here for years, but 
maybe that day will be the day that the scales will fall off their eyes and mm-hmm. the gospel will make sense to them. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe there should be a more deliberate um, actions mm-hmm. by the people who bring the word to also share the gospel message mm-hmm. in the midst of whatever it is that they are teaching to know that there may be some people here who do not know the Lord. Mm-hmm. Let it just be that, let it be that you 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 offered it, but nobody responded. Mm-hmm. Then we let the opportunities pass us by. Mm-hmm. Then for us as a congregation, if we've understood, as um, Uncle Ben had said earlier, what the Great Commission is to all of us, mm-hmm. it's a privilege that an unbeliever, mm-hmm. in quotes, mm-hmm enters your church. We are supposed to go out and look for them. Mm -hmm. And then they come on their own to us. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't let them get away. Mm -hmm. So the things we can do as individuals, as a congregation, is first of all, after service, you see a new face. Mm -hmm. Why don't you ask questions? Hello, Mm -hmm. how are you? Mm -hmm. Who are you? Where are you coming from? I'm so, so, I'm so person. Develop a friendship. And in relating with that person, you may find out that, you know, this person... Uh, hasn't yet come to know the Lord or is struggling in certain ways mm. and you prefer help for the person or you point or direct the person to where um, they would get help. Mm. Instead mm. of us just folding our hands, when we finish fellowship, we greet our friends and we go. <laughs> mm. I remember when I was in, when I was in the university, um, at the time I now decided that that was what I was going to do. After service, I usually would run to the entrance because... Mm. I've, I've seen it happen in this church. There was one day I had to leave church before church, um, before the end of service. I had a meeting somewhere and I left. Unfortunately, in the process of looking for my car key and all that, service ended and I observed mm. something. Mm. Immediately they said the grace. Some people made a straight beeline for their cars. Mm. So if you were not mm. outside, you would not know that these people attend this church. Mm. They entered their cars and drove off. Mm. So you, if they tell you that they attend the church, you'll be surprised. Mm. So you need to, you know, there has to be some deliberateness mm. in it. And that's one of the things I've asked the mm. youth fellowship mm. leadership that we should look into that and see that maybe we appoint ourselves youth mm. every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Some of us mm-hmm. stand at the doors. Once they say the grace, any new face mm-hmm. we are not seeing, we try to, you know, make conversation mm-hmm. or get to know the person. Because I, I started doing that in, you know, when I was in the university. Once I realized that there were people who, some people in this village who didn't know anybody, mm-hmm. I now use, once they are saying the grace, I'm, I'm running out to the door and I wait. Mm-hmm. And I'll make one new friend. Mm-hmm. And I found that there were people, some people who just strayed in, mm-hmm. they are not born again and all that, they, or they don't know anybody. I got to know them, joined them with some people in their hostel or something to become their friends, and I move on for the next catch. Mm-hmm. So there just needs to be a deliberateness from the, all of us mm-hmm. to be involved in making sure that we spur one another onto love and good deeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just enough to come and enjoy fellowship. Mm-hmm. Music was nice. Preaching mm-hmm. was nice. Mm-hmm. But let us also encourage one another. Mm-hmm. And we, we had to be deliberate about it. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. The conversation continues and you should see the second part of this episode in your podcast feed. You can listen to it right now or if you'd like to take a break, please do, but come back to the conversation. I promise it gets even more interesting from here on out. We would like to take a moment to say thank you to everyone who has listened to Youth Vibes over the past two years. 
this is our 100th episode and we're truly grateful to god for how he has kept us all this well and we appreciate you for checking your feeds every week and sharing this podcast with those you care about we look forward to the next 100 episodes thanks to the team that puts this show together every week god alone can reward you all for the work you put in like i said earlier the conversation continues on to part two